Quest Community Church, living life as friends with faith through knowing God, loving others, and making a difference. Good morning. How is everybody? Oh, it's 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. This is awesome to see you. I don't know. Anybody else not a morning person? Anyone? Praise the Lord. I'm not alone. The Lord is redeeming all of us. This is good. But I am so glad to be here this morning at 936. And is that my timer right there? Is that, which one's my timer? Is that it right there? 35. Did you know there was a timer up there? I want to let you know they, yeah, they put a speakers on a timer. That's awesome. Um, like Jeremy Shelley said, my name is Alana Guste and I'm glad to be here this morning here at Quest. I want to thank Ross. I didn't know that he was an Oregon fan. God bless his soul. Go Bucks! Go Bucks! Wow. You did great. Um, you're probably wondering who I am. Jeremy shared a little bit about me. Um, let me give you a, a little bit, uh, fill in the blank details here. Um, I am uh, a person who resides here in Westerville, Ohio, me and my wife and four kids. Um, but originally I was from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, long story short, I was born into a family of 13 as the youngest. Yes youngest. And uh, my mom and dad got divorced uh, a couple of months before I was born. Long story short, uh, because my mom was very abusive physically and verbally, um, I began to be put into foster homes at the age of seven. Um, by the age of uh, nine, I already went through foster homes, group homes, a couple of institutions, and mental wards. And uh, at that place, uh, in my last uh, institution I was in, I had an experience with God that changed my life. Um, it made me aware there was someone bigger in this world besides little old me. And when I was 14 years old, um, I met him, and I gave my life to Jesus, and I've been following him since. Uh, I Yeah, praise God. That's awesome, right? Um, maybe, maybe Jeremy or Ross would let me come back and share that story in detail. Um, I love sharing it because I want to move people towards Jesus. Uh, and so um, I'm married. I've been married 15 years. Could we throw that beautiful picture up? Um, yeah, I look at that guy and I go, what happened to him? Yeah, it's just, uh. all right, anyway, that beautiful, sassy Italian right there and that gorgeous young lady, the same people, she's got the cutest smile. I love her. That's my wife, Shannon. Uh, we've been married 15 years. Yeah, go ahead and give it up for her. Um, they couldn't be here at the 11 o'clock. Uh, I'm sorry, the 9, 9.15, they'll be here at the 11 o'clock, my whole family. But I've been married to her for 15 years. God bless her soul for staying with me. Next, let me show you my kids. Um, this young lady on the left is my oldest. Her name is Aaliyah. She's 17 years old. She finally got a job. She's really excited about that. She wanted me to tell you. Uh, she loves selfies, as you can tell. Just she snaps them every day. She's a gorgeous young lady, full of joy. I, I love hanging out with her. She always makes me smile. Actually, all of them do. This is Ashley, my uh, my next child in line, and she is cute. She's just a little cutie, you know, I wear pink kind of deal. You know, she's awesome. I love her. And um, she's into um, computers and dancing, and uh, she just got her braces off, so she's a little upset that I showed that picture because it has her braces. Next is my son, Quincy. This is my man. This dude has been spinning on his head since he was five years old, and I never taught him, all right? He is very athletic. Uh, he plays basketball. He wants me to let you know that he finally beat me in basketball this year, and I was trying with all my strength. He's got a nice fadeaway three-point shot. Uh, he can dribble. He's all in one. It's, it's amazing. Uh, you should see him play. He also loves Xbox. He wanted to tell me that if any of you play Call of Duty, he will beat your behind. 
His words, not mine. This right here is my uh, youngest daughter. Her name is Abby Auguste. Isn't she cute? Yeah, she came out the mother's womb with a world map with X's on it for world domination. Don't let that smile fool you. This woman wants to take over the world. I think she is the most passionate and full of like justice person I've ever met besides Jesus. And he is the amazing one that lives inside of her. She knows the Lord. And uh, I think she wants the world to know that. So it's awesome. She's so cute. Aw, everybody say aw. Aw, that's cool. Well, just a little bit about me. I just wanted you to know who this five foot four black guy is that is standing in front of you and such and, and uh, know my family a little bit. So let's get started. This is the new year, right? We're talking about New Year 2015, 2K15, and it is a time of what? A time of reflecting uh, the year past. And how many of us, we had a good year this year? How many of us would say we had uh, somewhat, not so, maybe, I want to erase year this year, anyone? There's some, okay, those who are honest, thank you, Lord. And so, like, you know, some of us, we don't have, we didn't have a good year. 2014 wasn't good for us. And for some of us, we look back, 2014, we're like, it was amazing. It was awesome, right? And so we reflect, and what else would we do? We look forward to the year coming, right? 2015, we're always like, this is my year. And what do we do? We want to make a time of resolutions, right? And so we say, I want to work on my body. I want to run. This past year, I took up running. I can't believe how much I can run more with a good pair of running shoes. I thought it was a joke. I really did. And so I went out and bought a new pair of shoes, and I ran. The first day, I ran like a mile. I couldn't even run a half a mile before that. I ran like a mile, and I was like, oh, I stopped. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is too good. The next day, I ran a 5K. And so I just kept running a 5K every day. Just started running 5K. And all of a sudden, this weight started dropping. And then it got cold, and it's back. Back. Anyway, so we can change our physique, right? We can we can eat well, whatever, you know. How many of us we own companies or we're in business, you know? We can maybe reinvent our companies like American Express. You know, American Express started out as a delivery package service. A delivery package service. Now it's a leader in financial and global travel. Huh? I, I think that's pretty sweet. Apple started out as a home, um, home desk computer service. And now, besides, um, besides home computers, it is also a leader in smartphones and in tablets. Let me just see. How many of you have an iPhone? Thank God Apple switched over. All right? Thank God Apple switched over. Someone's shaking their head like, I have an Android. God bless you. You'll come over soon. Um, next, we, <laughs> next, um, maybe, maybe you can be like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Is that right? Dwayne The Rock Johnson. How many of you know Dwayne The Rock Johnson? Yeah, The Rock. Right? He started out as a football player. That was his claim to fame was he was a football player. And now he's a WWE superstar. The dude is an actor and a TV host. He makes a lot of money, by the way, and he's a handsome dude. Look at that smile. He's gorgeous, right? And then there's Katy Perry. She started out as a small-time Christian pop singer, and now she reinvented herself into um, an international pop singer. I mean, you can't go anywhere without, like, singing one of her songs or hearing one of her songs to sing, and you just start humming along, guys. She's almost as bad as Taylor Swift, I think. And so let's move on with that. Um, not only Katy Perry, but look at this one right here, Angelina Jolie. She reinvented herself, started out as a red carpet eccentric, and now she's a, a, um, she's a, an ambassador for uh, children 
uh, all around the world. And not only that, but she's a nominated director this year for an awesome movie that's coming up. You could be like Jay-Z. I like this guy. He's a rapper and I'm a rapper, so we have something in common. But he started out as a small-time rapper with his hat to the side, you know, wearing big coats, those big, huge, puffy things. And now this dude is wearing Imani suits and he owns a sports line. He owns a cigar line. He owns his own production company. He's making movies and films. I mean, this dude has completely changed his business. Maybe, maybe you could be like Nicole Richie, you know, and maybe because you have like a bad rep in the world, you could change your whole repertoire, right? And she's changed from a bad girl, like, you know, sidekick into someone who is now um, a fashion empire designer, right? And not only that, but she's also uh, changed over and now is a leader in charities around the world. There's reinvention. You could reinvent yourself. You could change your career. You could change your physique. You can change your style. You could change your type of music. And that's all good and dandy. That's great. That's good. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's good. Matter of fact, I plan on running this year. I really do. I want to lose this. This. That's good. But you know what? I believe God is more interested in the person that you become this year. I think... That God is more interested, more interested in me running, more interested in you and I changing careers, more interested than you and I like changing like our styles. He's more interested in you becoming more of who you were created to be. And that's what I want to talk about today. Now, I I, I want to be careful here because I don't want to start out by saying, I think that you and I need to become the best people we can be. Yay. I don't, I don't think that's where... I want to go today. I don't think that's where God wants us to go today. I don't even think that's reality. You and I cannot just be the best people that we're supposed to be. No, I believe that we can become more of who God created us to be. And in that way, the kingdom of God goes forward in this world. It does. But it starts somewhere. And I believe it starts with God. You know, Jesus knew that as he was speaking to Nicodemus. It says this in John chapter 3, verse 1. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus tonight and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you were doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. How can a man be born when he is old, Nicodemus asked, surely he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless he is born of water and spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. Jesus is like, if you, wanna, if you really want to become more of who you are, who you're supposed to be, who you were created to be, It starts with you and God. It starts with you and God. This January 4th, 2015, that's where I want to start. Maybe maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. You just, someone invited you, like Jeremy picked you up and put you in one of these seats and he's like, just be here. And you're like, oh gosh, he gave me free coffee and a donut. I might as well. And so you're here. You're here. I challenge you today to maybe take a step forward with God and say, God, you know what? I am willing, I'm willing to allow you into my life for 2015. Maybe you're here and you've recently given your life to Jesus. Maybe this morning you would say, God, you know what? I want to start by inviting you 
to allow me to be, go deeper with you this morning. Maybe you're here and you've been a Christian since you've been an embryo and you know everything there is to the Bible. You've, you've memorized it. You've got it all down. You walk this Christian life out like it's nobody's business. Maybe this morning you say, Lord, this morning through this message, would you speak something fresh to me? Would you make something that I consider old be brand new to me? Would you speak to my heart? Because I want you to help me become more of the person that you've called me to be in 2015. Are you with me on that? Are you with me? Amen? Amen. All right, turn, turn um, to, in the Bible to 2 Corinthians 13, verse 11. You know, Paul, Paul uh, is responsible for two-thirds of the New Testament. He wrote um, this letter, he actually wrote two letters to the Corinthian church. And in the second letter, he writes this. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice, strive for full restoration, encourage one another, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. These were the final words of Paul, um, uh, some of the final words of Paul in this letter to the Corinthian church. And like final words in a letter are supposed to be like an exclamation point. It's supposed to be something that just drives home. It's kind of like, if there's anything that you will hear in this letter... Let it be this. And he says, finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Strive for full restoration. Some translations, some other translations say, keep things in good repair. Some say, be strengthened, perfected, completed, made what you ought to be. Grow to maturity, grow in Christ. Paul is challenging the Corinthian church to strive, to keep things in good repair, to strengthen, be perfect, complete, to mature, to be who they ought to be. How can... How can this church do that? How can we today do that? How can we do that in 2015? How can we become who we ought to be? How can we press more into God and say, God, I want you to peel away more of this onion layer of myself so that who you made me to be comes out? I believe there's a bunch of ways, but let me talk about three today. Let me talk about three. The first is this. You can become more through listening. You can become more through listening. Paul was writing to the Roman church and he says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word about Christ. The message is heard through the word about Christ. He's saying like, look, you can listen to God's word. You and I can listen to God's word. You know, as a youth pastor, I talk to young people all the time about listening. I say, you can listen with your eyes. You know, you can roll them. My daughters did this to me the other day. I was like, honey, you, you, you just can't do that. You got, mm. started rolling her eyes at me. I'm like, well, you're not really listening to me <laughs> at all. You can listen with your ears, right? Repeating back what the person is saying. You can listen with your mind. And, and you know, we can, we can do this with spouses. My, me and my spouse, my, my wife, Shannon, we do this sometimes where we're talking to each other. But in our mind, we're not really listening. We're thinking of a comeback, right? It's like, well, I, I asked you to do this, and like in my head, I'm going, well, maybe if you would have done this, and it shows on my face, you know, and I come back. Right before she ends the sentence, I'm like, well, if you would have done that, and right before I finished that sentence, she was like, if you would have done that, what are we doing? We're not listening to each other. We're not listening to each other with our minds. We can listen with our mouths, with, which is you and I just shutting our mouths and letting the person finish their sentence, Right? We can listen with our mouths. We can listen with our bodies. I love this one because we look like, like octopuses with eight arms, you know, just like. (laughs) 
Like, I mean, we talk with our arms and our bodies are saying, our bodies are saying, I'm not listening to you. I'm not listening to you. You know, we could do the same with the Lord. We could do the same with his word. He says, hey, hey, here's, here's two things you can do in this world. Here's two things, the two top things. I want you to love me, but God, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to love you. You can love people. Love your boss who makes your life tough every day for eight hours a day. And we look at God and God's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Listen to me. I'm not just telling you to do this stuff, just to do it. I'm telling you because I love you and I want you to become more of who I've created you to be. When I was younger, um, 16 years old, uh, I'm sorry, 17 years old, and I owned a Hyundai Excel, 1988 Hyundai Excel, and I had tripped this bad boy out. I mean, I had black tinted windows, I had a 12 by um, uh, 12 by 12 speakers in the back, 800 watt amp. I, some of you are looking at me like, what is that? It made noise. <laughs> it made noise. And so I'm driving this around and, um, my father, my father-in-law he used to be my foster father. I'll get to that story some other time. And, uh, he's driving in the car with me and I hit the brakes and you hear, and he's like, um, Alon, are those your brakes? I was like, yeah, yeah. And I turned up the music. Right. And he's like, well, do you think maybe you might want to get those changed? Oh, yeah, I'll do it next week, Dad. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And I pull away. Friends hop in the car another day later, and, and uh, they're like, Alon, I hear squealing. And I'm just like, oh, no, don't worry about that. I'll, I'll fix that later. This goes on for weeks. So finally, you don't hear squealing anymore. It's more of just like, Argh. And I'm going, I'll fix that later. I took a drive to Boston, and um, my brother at the time... Uh, brother at the time. My brother at that time lived about 45 minutes away from where I was living. And so I drove this car all the way there. And the idea was he was going to, um, I was going to help him pick out a car. And so we drove to the, to where the car was. And he was like, Hey, Alon, how about I drive your car and you drive mine? So that way you can tell me if you hear anything wrong with the car. <laughs> And I go, okay, sure. And so I hop in his car and I'm driving and we get to this exit and the exit kind of turns and it goes downhill, downhill. And there's a stoplight there with crazy cross traffic. And what I'm about to explain to you should never, ever, ever be tried at home. We turn off this exit and I look in the rear view mirror and I see my brother and I can literally see his knee coming up, trying to slam on the brakes. He's hitting this brakes like it's nobody's business. And he's screaming and he's like this. And I'm like, what is going on? He flies heading towards the back of his brand new car. He decides to pull over and he hits the curb, hops the curb, hits the fire hydrant. And then he hits and slams into a restaurant where everybody's head kind of went up like this. And went back down. He gets out the car and he's like, Alon, why didn't you fix your brakes? And all I can think of was I didn't listen. Is there a moment like that for you in life this past year? That God's been like, you know, this noise that your life is making. Do you think it's time 
that you fix it. Oh, God, I'll, I'll fix that later. You keep looking at that man or woman in a cubicle next to you like you really, really, really desire them. Do you think that it's time to fix it? Oh, no, I'll worry about that later. Your child keeps coming to you and asking you to play with them. For you to take interest in what they're doing. Do you think it's time to pay attention? Oh, no, don't worry about it, Lord. I'll, I'll deal with that later. I'll play with them later. It's always tomorrow. God continues to allow that squealing to happen. And finally, one day, my friends, if we're not listening, we crash. We crash. Maybe there's something in your life that the Lord is calling you to listen to. And he speaks through his word. He really does. He, he continually speaks through his word. The question is, is are we listening? I want to challenge you this morning. I want to challenge you in 2015 to listen to God's word for you. Just to listen. I mean, that, that faint, that faint voice that you hear sometimes as you pray, the, the, the times where, you know, something would just like intersect your thoughts. That feeling that you get sometimes when you're just like, I think God is trying to get my attention. When Ross stands up here, whoever speaks, and they're going away, and you're just like, I just want them to end so I can refresh my coffee and be a happy person. And you get a sense that the Lord is speaking to you. I challenge you to stop and to listen. You, where do you hear God's word? I, I believe you can hear it at church. I really do. So maybe in 2015, it becomes a regular for you to come to church. I know, early in the morning. <laughs> but maybe it becomes a regular for you to go to church. You know where else I think that we can listen to, like, messages and God's word? I believe we can hear it in our car. You know, we spend a lot of time in our car. We do. Some of us, we have long commutes. Like 15, 20, 30, 45 minute commutes to work. That could be a time where you can spend, say, you know what, Lord? A couple of days during a week, I'm just not going to listen to 97.1 Common Man in a, in a Company or Mike and Mike in the Morning or Colin Cowherd who was wrong about the Ohio State Buckeyes. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn on someone who I see as a person who speaks your word all the time. And I'm just gonna listen. I'm going to listen. I'm going to allow you to speak to my heart. You know, that, that little five or four black guy, he actually said some things. I'm going to turn him on this week. Don't do that. That's creepy. Don't do that. But allow the Lord to speak to you. Allow the Lord to speak to you. Not only can we listen, but we can watch. Paul also spoke to the Roman church in um, chapter 1, verse 11. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. There is a sense here that people are coming together and learning from each other. Proverbs eighteen fifteen says, My, wise men and women are always learning, always listening for fresh insight. You know, the, the Lord wants you to observe people living around you. And he wants to teach you through that. 
He does. He wants to teach you through that. I found that out um, very interestingly one year when I led a group of high school students to uh, Mexico, to Baja, Mexico for a missions trip. I took like, at that time, I think it was like 50 or 60 kids. Dear God, forgive me. Went down to Mexico and went to Baja and we went to uh, Door Faith Orphanage. And there's about 132 orphans here on this, um, on this campus. And we're there and this one, this one kid, his name was uh, Carlos. He's, he's hanging out with me. Like we're buddies. You know, I love soccer. He loves soccer. He plays it really well and I just couldn't. And so we're, we're hanging out together and we're talking and I start noticing things about Carlos. Like for instance, Carlos's shirt is so worn. You can see his body through it. He's got holes in his jeans. He's got holes in his shoes. He looks like he has nothing. I asked Carlos one day, I said, Carlos, how, how long have you had that shirt? And he was like, I've had it for a couple of years, actually. I mean, he didn't even blink. I mean, he just, I just, I just did. How long have you had those shoes? Oh, maybe like three, or, three years or so. What else are we going to do today, Alon? I mean, he just continues. It looks like he has nothing. But Carlos was one of the most giving, loving people that I've met in my life. When we were out in, uh, in Baha and we were giving away free groceries door to door, Carlos was ahead of the whole group. He's not even there for a missus trip. He's there ahead of the whole group giving groceries away. Just giving them away. He's not even just giving them door to door, but as he's passing people, he'll take like a, like a can of beans and just like, here, this is yours. Hey, God bless you. God bless you. Carlos. 15 years old. Giving, giving, giving. I remember we went to the local market and uh, I stopped and um, a, someone in our group had bought everybody sodas and uh, someone didn't give me one, I guess, bought a boohoo for me. And Carlos comes to me with his soda and he goes, here, take this. It's yours. What you don't know about that time is that at the time I had a master um, walk-in closet and 75% of it was full of my clothes. I am a fashion man. I like my shoes and shirt and my hat to match. And I had so many shoes that I had that um, it became that I had so many shoes that I had so many shirts to match those shoes and so many hats to match those shoes that I overtook our closet. When I went to Mexico, I went with two bags of clothes because I had to have an outfit for every day. There was something wrong there, but I didn't get it, you know. So I'm there and I'm watching Carlos and God taught me through Carlos that day just by watching him. For the time that we were in Mexico, just by watching him, I learned what it meant to be the least. I learned what it meant to be the greatest in heaven by being a servant. I learned what it meant to be a loving man of God. I learned what it meant to be giving. And at the end of that trip, I want to let you know, I actually gave those clothes to Carlos. God broke my heart. I was supposed to be there giving away, but God was doing something in me by me observing and watching. You know, you and I need the people sitting next to us. We can't do this Christian life alone. We need people with us. We need something called community. Community that, that says, you know, you and I are going to walk this out. And as you live, watch me. And I'm going to show you how to live this thing for Jesus. And while I, I sit here, I'm going to watch you. And you're going to teach me how to do this thing called life with Jesus. 
Community is so important. One of my friends, um, he's a best friend of mine. Um, he, we couldn't be more different. I'm Haitian. He's Amish. Uh, he listens to country music. I listen to hip hop music. Uh, I mean, this, this dude, this dude sings. I can't. He wants to touch the dance floor. He can't because he'll break his back, but I can spin on my head for days. I mean, we're just different. But we're best friends and we hang out a lot and we talk about life in Jesus a lot. And one thing he said to me that blew my mind, we're sitting in our small group and he goes, if it wasn't for you guys sitting around this circle, I would have never have made it this year. Never have made it. Some of us, we, we, we are wondering why like life just seems incomplete, although we have Jesus. It's because Jesus has more for us waiting in a community. There's something waiting for us in a community. And not only can we grow from watching people, but do you know that there's people who need to be and are watching us? Let me dig a little deeper here. As a, as a person who loves young people, I'm going to do a shameless youth ministry plug. <laughs> you know young people watch us? Older folks? I'm 37. I call myself older now. <laughs> you know what they watch us? They observe how we live and how we walk. This whole thing we call Christian life that we tell people that we're doing, they watch us. I got two of my former students sitting over there from uh, the youth ministry I was a part of, um, and they've watched me. They've watched me for over a decade. Some things I've done really well, and some things I wish I could erase, but they've watched me. I've experienced this myself. It was through a, now remember who I am. I, I love hip hop. I, I'm, you know, I wear my hat to the side. I thank you, Quest, for allowing me to do that. Um, I, I match all the time. I love like, you know, fancy cars that make a lot of noise. You know how the Lord reached me? It was through a 30 something year old white guy with white hair who listened to 1950s music. We had nothing in common, but you know what this guy did for me? He would pick me up once or twice a week and he would just love me. Love me. The first time um, I met this man, he came up to our, uh, to our house in this like gray station wagon. I'm just like, what kind of car is that? And I hop in and he goes, what do you want to do? And I say, I don't know, I want some ice cream. And he takes me out for ice cream. The next time he comes up, he goes, hey, Alon, what do you want to do? And I said, oh, I'm ready for you this time. I want a hamster. And so he went out and bought me a hamster. Blew my mind. I asked him continuously, why do you do these things? I just want to love you, man. I want to show you what love is. You know, I tell youth leaders all the time, if you want to be a youth leader, you do not have to be the coolest person. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have it all together. God knows that we don't. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be the coolest person you don't have to uh, have an answer for every question. All you need to do is two things. Two things. If you can do these two things, I don't care how old you are, what color you are, what business you're in, what type of music you're in, you're going to be the greatest youth leader in the world. Two things. Love God and love people. That's all you need to do. And if you can do those two things, you will be the greatest youth leader in the world. I really do believe it. This young lady over here, her name is Andy. She has um, uh, um, 
a grandma who is a part of youth ministry, we call her Grandma Jean. Actually, kids nicknamed her Grandma Jean. Older lady, didn't like, you know, doesn't love all kinds of music like young people do or anything like that. But you know what she does well? She just loves people. This woman will go out of her way just to love a young person. And I think that you and I have an opportunity in this church. Well, maybe you, not me. Um, you have an opportunity in your church to love young people. You have an opportunity to have young people watch you, your mistakes and also the things that you do well that they can learn from. I think there's two areas that you could do this with. First off, it's um, actually the children's ministry, right? Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong. The children's ministry, they're looking for, for 11 a.m. Um, assistance in the nursery and also in a preschool. How many of you love preschoolers? Anyone? No? How many of you love the babies? Anyone? All right, the few of you that raised your hand, that's calling you. They need you. You know, also, youth, youth ministry needs help on Sunday mornings for um, teachers, classroom teachers that are 11 a.m. service. And also, we're looking f- they're looking for um, adult mentors, people to do what Ray Taylor did for me, which was just be a person who hung out with me and talked to me about Jesus and life. It's not rocket science, but it's something that you could do so that you can allow people to watch you Allow yourself, allow them to grow as they watch you and observe you in this thing. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is engaging. You know, First Peter 2, 1 says, Therefore, rid yourself of all malice and deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. Now that you have tasted the Lord is good. Tasted the Lord is good. That means that you and I have to engage the Lord to taste that he is good. We have to engage. It's like you and God sitting at a coffee table. It would be strange if you didn't talk to the person sitting across the table from you, right? It would be weird. It would be weird not to conversate and to talk about life. And God wants to literally sit with you and talk to you about life. He wants you to engage like with him. And if you are going to engage, it means that you got to stop treating, you and I have to stop treating God like he's a bowl of Vietnamese soup. My daughter here doesn't like to eat strange things. And so I decided one day to take her to Malise over off of uh, Cleveland Avenue and get a bowl, a hot bowl of Vietnamese soup. She walks in, she took a whiff, and she was just like, ah, that's nasty. I was like, honey, trust me, this is good. I said, okay. We sit down and I ordered a soup for her. I was like, she's going to want chicken. She doesn't want any. Just give her chicken in her soup. They come out with the bowl and they give her these two twigs. And she's like, what is this for? I was like, well, you, you got to take it. And you, 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 you know, and then you put it in, you pull it and you eat it. She's seen this girl. She's like stabbing herself in the eye. and whatnot. It was a crazy scene. Finally, she gets it, and she takes a bite. And I saw her eyes light up. And I was like, do you like it? She's like, Dad, this is phenomenal. This is great. And she just ate the whole bowl of soup. I was really surprised. She picked up the bowl, and she drank her broth. She wanted more. I'm like, girl, you weigh nothing but 50 pounds. Where do you put this stuff? But that day she tasted and saw that the bowl of Vietnamese soup was good. 
How do you engage God and taste him and go, Lord, you are good. You engage in a personal relationship with him. Engage in a personal relationship with him. And here's a couple of ways that you could do that. One is you can just pray. You can communicate with God. Yeah, God not only wants to talk, um, wants you to talk to him, but he also wants to talk to you. He has things that he wants to say to you. And he wants to sit back like a good dad and allow you to sit on his lap and, and tell him what is going on in your life. There's worship. You can stand there and worship the Lord, not only corporately, but in your whole life. You can allow everything you do to worship God. I know for some of us, we, we come and, I, and it seems strange that we stare at a screen and we read words and we sing them, although we can't sing. It's hard. Oh, yeah, worship team, come on up. We worship God. You can engage God by reading the Bible, by pressing into his word. You and I, we have this opportunity. We have this opportunity to have this real relationship with God. The question is, is how deep do you want to take it in 2015? How deep? How much more of God do you want? How much more do you want him to be intertwining, mixing in your life? My senior pastor calls it chocolate milk and grapefruit. Some of us, we want to compartmentalize God like if you cut a grapefruit in half, there's sections, but they never touch. That God doesn't want us to have life like that. He wants us to be like chocolate milk. You know, you take the white creamy stuff and then you take the chocolate stuff and you squeeze it in there and you mix it all around. Some of you look like you're about to salivate. But you can't, you can't separate it once you mix it. How much do you want of God in 2015? I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And let it just be a time of you and the Lord. And just ask simply, God, how can I become more of who I was created to be in 2015 with you? And just sit for a moment. Maybe for some of you in this room today, it may start with healing. Whether it was a church or whether it was a family member, whether it was someone at work. You're moving into 2015 with some hurt in your heart. And maybe this morning God is saying, you know what? I want to start by healing that. I want to start by healing that. Maybe for some of you this morning, you would like to say, God, you know, I just felt far from you. And this morning, I want to just invite you 
to come and be near. Come and be near. Maybe for some of you, you just simply want to say, Lord, you know, this morning in 2015, January 4th, I want you to begin a work so that by the end of the year, I am more of the person that you have called me to be. However that may be, by maybe engaging in a small group, whether that's coming to church, whether that's listening to his word, whether that's engaging him spiritually, whether that's observing by starting a friendship with someone, who follows Jesus and allowing you and that person to encourage each other in the Lord, or whatever the Lord puts on your heart, maybe just saying, just your Lord, whatever it is, I want you to begin a work so that by the end of the year, I am more of who you've created me to be. If any of that is you, friends, we're going to uh, just end with a time of worship. And I just want to invite you to do something. Maybe this might be new for some of you, and that's okay. This is not creepy. It's not creepy, but I believe God wants to meet you this morning if any of that pertains to you. And if you want, during these next couple of songs, I just want you to head over here to this corner. Let me just slip your way out. And there will be some people there who love to pray with you about the things that you feel God is saying or doing in your life right now. And as you go over there, just be open. Be open. I know this whole church thing could be a little weird. Why do you want me to go see somebody and tell them my innermost deep feelings? Like, I, I understand. It could be weird. But it's so good when you allow the Lord to meet you. And he wants to meet you this morning and allow you to respond to what he's doing in your life. I want to thank you so much for allowing me to speak to you. God bless you. Why don't we rise and uh, Dusty and the team will lead us in worship. Thank you for listening. Join us at Quest as we walk with one another in friendship while discovering the reality and goodness of God together. For more information and service times, visit us online at gotoquest.org.